and I think one one of the obviously the main subjects that we wanted to talk to you about today because we know that you're a you know you're a massive campaigner for what you do not just from uh, in the sport that you love but helping to introduce people um, you know with all disabilities into golf as well and that's a, a really important subject that we wanted to talk talk to you about today. Um, but how how would you say because obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of activity there's obviously a, a lot of um, companies that are trying to get involved to help and promote disabled sports. How would you describe the current disabled golfing landscape at the moment in terms of where it is? And what do you see the work being done at the moment to help really try and drive that growth? Yeah, I think the landscape at the moment is probably the highest in terms of inclusivity it's ever been. You know, for example, last year with the European Tour, um, including disability golf in their events, and also having the pros um, really keen to get it going. So yeah, it's phenomenal. I think in terms of the future steps, hopefully we'll have something like with the European Tour, but on the Ladies European Tour as well, so that you know there's females competing on that higher level with the Ladies European Tour pros. So yeah, at the moment I think it's going brilliantly. And like Brenda Lawler, um, Adam Warby, and Kit Popa, and all those fabulous names they're doing fantastically well to get the name out there of disability golf. Superb. And, and with regards to, um, to to yourself and your own golf, golf and aspirations, obviously as you seek to get, you know, back to fitness yourself, um, what, what are your own aspirations once, um, you know, with regards to your own golfing career? Yeah. So um, either going down the playing professional route, if I obviously I'm good enough, but um, no, my main priority would be to, eventually open up my own disabled golf academy um so basically that's open to all people with any disability and gives them the opportunity to play golf um and i think as well the main thing for me is that they're around people like them because i notice some people when they're they've got a disability and they go to a normal golf range they feel quite intimidated because there's nobody like them around them and they feel a little bit insecure so hopefully providing that will um, make people feel more confident and reassured that they're in a safe place to give it a go. Yeah. I think there's probably value just touching there. You know, talk about opening your own disabled golf facility, which would be amazing. You're 17? I'm moment? 17 on Friday, yeah. Oh, happy birthday <laughs> Friday. You're 17 on Friday. So, I mean, yeah. what you've achieved so far already and your aspirations, you know, you're... You're definitely a bit of a um, a force behind disabled golf, and you know I hope that you do get to achieve, you know, and meet your dreams there. Uh, but yeah, seventeen. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It puts things in perspective because I know that when we've done the Q and A, um, you've obviously already received a lot of you know acclamation for what you've done so far. Um, I think you know particularly through England Golf and and in the videos that you've done for for Hagley Golf Club as well where you've obviously, you know, again, you ingratiated yourself to, you know, to be one of the leading figureheads, really, into, into mm. growing, um, you know, participation um, for disabled golf as well. It's, it's an amazing story. Mm. It would be really good on, on that subject to sort of, if we can go back a few steps, if we can sort of retrace your, your own entry into golf. And also as well, it would, be, it would also really be good to, to highlight the challenges that you've had along the way and what, what's being done to help um, facilitate inclusion with regards to you know your own personal journey into golf too? Yeah, so um, to sum it all up, I got into golf. Basically, it's quite a unique pathway, I suppose, because there's not 
I don't think there's one golf club in Shirley that have this charity. And I got into it um, through an organisation called Golf for Disabled Children. So it was literally like an eye opener. There was a charity called for disabled children there. So you couldn't get, you know, much better in terms of having it facilitating people with disabilities. So, um, yeah, so my dad was always a keen golfer. Um, he played at Hagley, like you said there. So he wanted to take me up. I was about 12. Um, and he said, come on, let's go to the range and see what you think of it. And I think I was just fascinated by how people hit the ball. I was like, wow, that's gone really far. I want to do that. Um, and then the pro came up to us, the head pro, and he said, look, we've got a charity called Golf Disabled Children. It looks like Ellie would be really keen to give it a go. Does she want to try it out? And um, they're free golf lessons, so you don't have to pay. So I think people with disabilities who need more attention for their disability in terms of um, providing wheelchairs and things or things around the house, obviously golf is really expensive for that type of thing. So for them to be able to offer that to other people is really good. Um, so, yeah, we went down and they gave me a little golf club and they obviously taught me the basics and how to set up to the ball. Obviously, it took a while to get hit in a ball, but as soon as I did it, I was like, wow, this feels really cool. So, um, yeah, I started taking it up through that. Um, and the main reason I wanted to pursue with it was literally the fact that I we didn't know anybody with my condition that played golf in the whole the, the country, if the world. And um, I think my dad got in touch with England Golf um, and said, obviously, my daughter really is into golf and she really wants to find someone that's like her. And then um, it took us a while, but now we've got quite a few people playing. So, yeah, it's just been brilliant. And I think with the challenges, it just makes you stronger. So, for example, like, you know, if people are criticising you for not being able to outdrive them because you're off the red tees or... Um, saying the odd joke, saying, perhaps you must have a good short game or whatever. I think people must take that, you know, saying, just knock it off the shoulder, which I think that's the bit where you either do it in terms of continuing it or you give up and stop. And I think that for me is one of the main things is trying to get to people. Yeah, the world's not a nice place. You're always going to get a bit of criticism. Um, which is annoying, but you're always going to get it and you're never going to get rid of it, but it's how you deal with it. And if you, you know, have people around you that have either got your condition or a disability um, or a really good organisation of people around you, then that's just fab. And the golf club at Hagley has been absolutely brilliant in terms of, I said to them last year, I think it was saying, right, we need to get some buggy paths on here because in the winter it gets absolutely drenched and... Yeah a lot of golf clubs probably do and it's not just for people with disabilities either it's like seniors you know a lot of seniors as well and in terms of a bit of a business perspective as well if they if they want to obviously not be able to use buggies then they're going to lose out on a lot of money in terms of not providing those buggies in terms of memberships because you see seniors seniors as well can't play so yeah i said to them right we need to get some buggy paths and now they're doing them so um they've been really good in terms of trying to make it um an inclusive area yeah and uh, really helped me on my journey what does it actually take do you think to make a golf club inclusive because you know i think like we've both discussed a lot of golf clubs there you see the paying lip service to it but when you actually get to the websites and you're looking for yeah. 
you know, what facilities they've got available, what support they've got available, you know, what does it take? What, what should they have? What do you think kind of, I don't know, the five basics, if you like, to make sure that you are at least starting on a journey to be an inclusive golf club? Yeah, I think, you know, with, it shouldn't take um, somebody with a disability to say, right, you need to sort something out about this. It should be there anyway, ready. Yeah, it should be there anyway. So I think it, if it, it comes down to common sense and common knowledge, like if you're if you're a golf club owner or an architect or whatever, and you want to make that inclusive and you want to take that next step, then it should be inside your heart thinking, yeah, I want to do something for this person. I want to do something for these people to make this golf club and it's going to do your club good as well because you know people are going to talk about it thinking oh yeah this club really had a good facility in terms of inclusivity so it all comes down to the heart and if if you're willing to put the effort in to actually make it an inclusive place with that with that in mind um and it's it's amazing to hear what what your own experience has been with with Hankley Golf Club if you were to travel to golf clubs within a certain you know within a fairly close geographical location what are the how do they compare to what Hagley have done? And and are, is there evidence already from the other golf clubs that I'm sure you've played in the local area or even further afield where there's still a lot of work to be done? And if so, what areas are there that they need to improve upon? 100%. I think Hagley is a great place in itself. And like I said, their facilities, they've got, you know, buggy paths now. Um, they're trying to make the course just accessible for everyone. But I think in terms of when you go to a, another club, there are hardly any buggy paths, if not any. Um, so, you know, if I went to play that in the winter, I'd just, I'd just say, sorry, we've got no buggies on, you can't come. And obviously that thing, I'll think, oh, okay, I'll just go back to Hackley then. But it shouldn't be like that because you should be like, oh yeah, I really want to play this course. And they should be like, oh yeah, okay, well, we, we want to make this um, a place that you can come and play golf because like I said before it should be in terms of anything like an eye opener thinking oh yeah I could make a lot of profit out of this as yeah. a business um, and also have a good name for our club in terms of saying oh yeah we've got buggy paths we've got this we've got that to make it all accessible for you to come and have a good day here um, but yeah other clubs around here have hardly got any buggy paths and like clubs that I've been to further afield are pretty much the same so yeah, it's going to take a while, I think, for, um, but hopefully organisations like England Golf, the Golf Foundation, the RNA will try and get it out there saying, look, you need to get buggy paths, you need to do this to make your club accessible. Because yeah. the more you get disabled golf out there, the more people that are going to want to do it. And obviously, if they get turned away, they're going to think, oh, right, OK, I don't want to do this. I'm going to try try something else out. Yeah, just, I think it's not the reputation you want. It's almost as if though there should be some, like a, a pathway or a um, assessment criteria or something, mm. which these clubs can sign up to, and you know they can take the steps to meet the relevant criteria, to then make their their golf club a lot more friendly to disabled golfers and disabled people in general. You know, we're not just talking about. The, the people that want to play golf there but there's people that go along you know with their relatives uh with their family and when you actually look at it you've mentioned buggies and things there one of the things I was going to ask you was about 
the the challenges that you come up I mean you come across challenges anyway in your daily life when it comes to the golf course you've obviously got the terrain you've got carrying equipment you've got bunkers there's things like these that you know I haven't really stopped to think about I mean what's your experience with those those kind of challenges yeah I think in terms of like the actual parts of the course like you say bunkers and hazards I think a lot of bunkers for example I've been obviously you, you don't want to go in a bunker anyway because it's golf you don't want to, you want to be in a bunker but obviously if you end up in it then um, I think a lot of bunkers that I, I've seen um, needs a, a few steps in it as well like in terms of you know steps to get in and out because crikey some bunkers aren't off steep and you know you have to end up jumping in and either hurting yourself or causing a, a risk to hurting yourself um and you don't want that because you know you don't want to say oh yeah I had to come in because I fell in a bunker or fell over in a bunker or whatever so a lot of them need I think steps so that they can access it easily and with ramps so like rails so that they can actually get in without having to say to their partners oh can you come and help me getting that because it can feel a bit embarrassing doing that so I think a lot of like you know bunkers and things need like steps with rails and things so they can actually access them I think there's two things that have, have struck me there and I think that one of them you've you, you referred to just a few minutes ago but I think it's a really important uh, subject is that you might have somebody that sees golf whether it's on the tv or through a relative that plays and they arrive at their local club and it's not set up and they could be put off on their first impression which yeah. I think is a massive concern because obviously you know, when I think about, you know, I or Isaac's experience into golf is that, you know, I'm sure you've had this yourself is, and you've referred to it earlier, is that it, there's a, golf brings with it a very unique level of joy, unique joy to it when you, when you first, you know what I mean? Then you, that enthusiasm, yeah. I think, stays with you quite a lot during the early days. And I, I can, I can't imagine the feeling of arriving with that sort of newfound joy. Only to be then fat, only to be then sort of wanting that your your local, you know, either practice range or golf course isn't able to accommodate you, mm. um, which I think is a really interesting subject in its own right. Do you think there should be some criteria which they can meet, yeah. which says that we are, you know, a disabled or like you mentioned earlier, elderly friendly club. You know, we we've got things in place that will support your your golf journey and support you while you you know and enjoy this sport yeah this is it if, if for example live england golf just set out a criteria to all golf clubs and just sent out a thing saying right have you got this have you got that if not you need to do it and if a golf club can't afford it then maybe like england golf providing them a bit of money yeah, yeah. encourage them to do it and say yeah. look this must be done for you to yeah. be able to let these people you know so i think if England golf set out a criteria saying, right, have you got bunkers with stairs and the um, railing so people are able to access them easily? Have you got buggy paths? Have you got this? Have you got that? Have you got easy accessible greens so that you don't yeah. have to, because a lot of buggies as well is that they have like these um, trackers on so that it, you can't go to a certain place before the yeah. green. It's so annoying, and then it stops, and then you have to end up pushing it if you go past. And I'm like, oh, but luckily I have someone with me. But if I was on my own, I'd be absolutely stuck. I wouldn't know what yeah. to do because I wouldn't be able to push a buggy and <laughs> <laughs> break my back. Um, 
so it's just things like that and as I said having accessible greens so that they don't have to walk an absolute mile to get to it from the buggy path or whatever so it's just things like that but if England golf set out a criteria or, or the RNA and said right you need to have this you need to have that and if we can't if you can't fund it yourself then we can give you this much to help you fund it yeah 